Hello out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight. Tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. The goalie jumps and the players bump and the fans all go insane. Someone roars, Bobby scores at the good old hockey game. Oh, the good old hockey game is the best game you can name. Welcome to Vegas Hockey Hotline, powered by Station Casinos and the STN app. That's Stevie Slapshot. I'm Dana Lane from the Brian Blessing Studio. That's Stevie Slapshot? That's Stevie Slapshot. Look at that. That was not a good sip of coffee I just had. I'm sorry. You okay? No, it just lingered. I didn't get that. I have this thought in my head about coffee, about... I think you have several thoughts in your head. I do. I do. That And it's silly. Because <laughs> again, doesn't surprise me. No, it's absolutely so. Thanks, Steve. You're the best. That's not Stevie Slapshot. You'll be, you'll be good. You'll be gone in a month. Um, then when I have coffee, I it seems to like help my throat a little bit when I'm yeah talking. Is that true? Or yes. Not? Because somebody said to me, I drink coffee because it coats my cords. My okay. vocal cords. All right. And then so I thought about that, and I go, oh, that makes sense. But then I thought about it, and I'm like, oh, that doesn't make sense at all. I don't think your coffee ever touches your vocal cords. I think it more has to do with your – not to get into the, the, the anatomy of – I'm not a doctor, and I stay at home, so I, I have no I idea. I think it's more about the, the throat and the yeah. ability to – I don't know. You want to keep the throat moist, for sure. I think so. I think yeah. that's it. If it dries out, it, it, it's, it won't sound good. But I wonder if I could get, like sometimes, I mean, you know that you don't wake up every day and you sound the same. Correct. Some days I'm like, oh, I have I have good, good chords today. Yeah. Other days I feel like I have like water chords. You know, you drink a lot of water and your voice is kind of, I get, doing a UNLV games, every December... I I lose my voice for some reason. And I don't know if it's being around the rink as much as I am or, or just talking for two and a half hours. My friends will tell you I never lose my voice to their chagrin. But, your, and, your, and, your friends and nurses? Yeah. And, and my voice, when I'm not feeling well, the voice actually sounds a little better. Yes. Oh, my goodness. So I don't know what that is. <laughs> I remember the other day. What is a couple about a week and a half, two weeks ago? You weren't yeah, feeling good, yeah. And I called you, and you had this. No, I had Mister Radio voice. You had this great voice going, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, is Steve there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was your dad or something. No, but the the other three forty two of the year, I sound like crap. That's just the way it is. No. <laughs> Listen, there's a lot of guys doing radio right now, probably including me, that you just wonder, ooh, that's a tough listen. Yeah. My, mine has never sounded good. I remember my uh, broadcasting instructor at uh, good old Fresno State said, he, he once said, in front of the whole class, he says to me, you sound like you're talking out of your left ear. That can't be good. I mean, what I, does that even I'm mean? I'm not even sure what that means, but it can't be good. Well, I think you're a right ear guy. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I think that's ridiculous. That's um, that, left ear. I mean, that's your dominant ear. I right feel ear. a whole lot better now. Yeah. See, I'm a, I'm a righty. 
Okay, the Golden Knights are two points behind Dallas right now uh, after the Stars knocked off Chicago last night 6-4. They trailed the Stars by two points for the last wildcard spot. However, they trailed the, the Kings by just two points and have a game in hand. Uh, and this really, Steve, comes down to Dallas, Nashville, Los Angeles, and probably probably Los Angeles is the focus. I mean, we, I, I think we've said that, what, for right. three and a half weeks now. Uh, the Kings are in Chicago tomorrow while the Knights face Vancouver. Uh, Vegas also owns the tiebreaker over the Knights uh, with nine to play. I, I don't know. We, we talked about the light at the end of this tunnel, which was pretty dim. Uh, only because there was a ton of puzzle pieces. Right. Uh, if this happens, that happens. Uh, even now today, with the loss to Vancouver, which was considered uh, not a good win or not a good loss. Correct. I still, I mean, the road to the postseason is clear. Yeah. I, no, no, I, I believe that. And, and, and Pacioretty's back and played well yes. in his first game back. And, and Stone's practicing with the team maybe a week away. Could be a week away from from returning. We'll see. Well, you never know. Just turn on your TV and whoever's on the ice. Yeah. So um, no, no, it it feels a lot better. E- even with that Vancouver loss, feels a lot better. And uh, you would think uh, off of that loss that they'll go up there tomorrow night and, and play a, a much better game. Take care of business. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I don't know. <laughs> Every day it changes. People say, "What do you think today?" No, no, no. Yeah. There's a, there's, there's a there's a prop out there too that's minus 210 note right now. I I always felt That's a little high, I yeah, think. I I I got to tell you Dana, I always felt like this team was going to find a way to get this done. I I really did. The the, the uh, misfits part do. Uh all, all, kind of felt good to me. And 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 as we said with Chuck Man, Los Angeles and, and Dallas right now doing all they can to help the Knights out. For once, because we went through you know, two weeks where nobody was helping them, helping That's Vegas true. out. That's so, true. Uh, let's unhook the velvet, velvet rope and let in one of the top young beat writers in town from hockey, Vegas hockey now. Welcome in Owen Kreps. And Owen, I, I want to ask you one thing. I, I saw this on social media. I wanted to get your opinion on it. We saw a fan walking around T-Mobile It was retweeted a bunch of times that said, and I quote, Leonard is not so good. That's not the word that was on there. We deserve better. What, I mean, what would you say to a fan like that? Is that, is that silly, or, or do you feel like that this team cannot ride Robin Leonard uh, into the postseason? I, I think it's absolutely disgusting. Um, Did you see it? I did see it. Yeah. I wrote about it this morning. Yeah, I felt the um, same way. It's disgusting. It's, it's. I don't even know what to say. It's just, it's terrible. Like you don't. That's not a fan. That's that's just a hater. I mean, I know you're going to have people that'll have those opinions, but to go out of your way and get that on a custom made. It yeah. wasn't even like a jersey. Yeah. It was. It's a jacket. It's just. I. It's just scummy. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand what this guy's point is like yes he's trying to you know go out and say that the golden knights goaltending situation is bad which it isn't but what is his goal here just to spread more hate and it's just it's just not i don't know it's not a good look for golden knights fans he's he's one of these guys he's one of these guys that caused robin leonard to 
delete his Twitter account. I I had no yeah. idea because I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Owen. I mean, we all have our feelings about who should be in goal, or you know, we we you know we have our feelings about the team, and, and so mm-hmm. I don't know if normal people would go out of their way to custom make something to voice their opinion. I mean, why do something like that when you have this powerful tool called called Twitter? I mean, say what you got to say, go to the games and and be done with it at that point. But I have to tell you, uh, Owen, I mean, I I call a spade a spade, but when I saw that, I'm like that that to me's garbage. That's a garbage fan to me. Yeah, and there was a uh a Penguins fan that I saw the other day that kind of did somewhat of the same thing. He, this has been going on for a couple of years. He has a Tom Wilson custom jersey, and it says "trash" instead of Wilson on the back. And, and again, I just don't understand that. Like, yeah, you you don't have to love the guy, but to go out of your way to go get a custom jersey to spend money on something just to you know kind of say your your opinion and put down a player. Not that Wilson can't take it. It's just. It's just, I don't know, it's its disrespectful to me. It's pathetic. I just don't like it, and it's its just pointless to me. Yeah, and of course, Tom Wilson's a guy that probably, I mean, has earned that a little bit more, but when we're talking about yeah. Leonard, this is a guy that's going out there, and, and he's not trying to not play well. I mean, yeah, it is... Absolutely. <laughs> It is, you know, I mean, he didn't, hasn't done the things that Tom Wilson has done to other players on the ice to deserve that sort of thing. And so when I see this, it tells me more about who you are rather than the player that you can't stand who really is out there just trying to, you know, bust his tail to get victories for this team. Yeah, he's only been back for three games. Um, and, you know, this has been a rough season for him in terms of injuries. And, you know, it's, it's just disheartening, um, and I agree. You know, Wilson is a completely different scenario, um, but uh, the fact that you're you're doing it for a team or a player that is on supposedly the team that you root for, right? Just doesn't make any sense to me. I, and then you know he would be the first guy to be upset if they didn't make the postseason, and you know he'd be yeah. upset at something else. It, the team is eight and eight uh, in their last uh, sixteen games, and part of that. It is their penalty kill. And in their last 30 days, their penalty kill is 71%. Uh, they've allowed nine power play goals over the last 14. Is that really the, the major issue right now? Even though they don't have to kill off a lot of penalties, it, they've done a good job in that regard. But when, if they do get into the postseason, that might be their Achilles heel even more than what goaltending is. Possibly. I would say the power play would be more of an Achilles heel right now because that you know, given the personnel that is finally starting to be on a patch ready, you know, finally back to Donov heating up and then now Eichel, um, I, I would like to see that getting going more than the, the penalty kill. The penalty kill has been okay, roughly middle of the road uh, in the NHL, like in terms of overall like overall, percentages. Right, but yeah. the last month, 71%, you can't have that either. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot has to do with Riley Smith, who is – Arguably one of the best, and William Carrier too uh, has been out. Penalty killers, um, Yan Mark's been out as well, but Smith in particularly uh, with the shorthanded goals that he can put up, he has two this season. Um, he's been out ever since mid March, so that definitely hurt the Golden Knights. Um, I don't, I don't see necessarily that being the biggest issue, um, but they are giving up goals against you know teams that are struggling on the power play. You'll see, um, but. 
a lot of a lot of areas uh, for the Golden Knights to to fix up before they get into the postseason if they do. I think turnovers is one of those. Uh, oh, and I, I I think I think turnovers has led to some of the penalties taken that that has then led to the uh, the penalty kill not not being so good. Um, the the other night. Uh, the first period, in particular, the first half of the first period, not so good against Arizona. A lot of turnovers. They got better as the game went along. Now, some of that's, you know, you've got new pairings back there with guys coming back. Um, but but they, I, I think they need to, to clean up the turnovers, especially in their own end. Absolutely. And I'm seeing a lot of it from the veteran guys. Uh, and, you know, even going back to the penalty kill things, like those guys will make – turnovers and then take a penalty and then there's one of your penalty killers that's in the box like an Alec Martinez or a Braden McNabb or a Petrangelo or a Theodore they're they've had some costly mistakes in these couple of games uh, the game against Vancouver the other night um, Martinez you know uh, prime example there um, the own goal that happened the other night as well uh, with Martinez again um, his is a little bit of a different case you know being at a lineup for so long um, and, and finally coming back, getting worked in, into the lineup slowly but surely. Uh, McNabb as well was out for a good good stretch, but I wouldn't say it's the Golden Knights uh, having unfamiliar like defensive pairings. It's more of just getting back to the usual defensive pairings because this defense is more or less healthy. Nick Hague is the only guy that's out right now, so that's it's a great sign for the Golden Knights. Uh, and you saw you know that kind of uh, domino effect into – Having more players on the defense jump up offensively, Shea Theodore in particular, um, Dylan Coughlin when he was in the lineup, um, even Alex Petrangelo scored a goal the other night. So I think there will be some growing pains with the turnovers that we keep seeing, um, but you know it'll it'll get back to the way it usually was with the you know you have Martinez on one pairing and then Theodore and then Petrangelo, which is a great one-two-three pairing punch if you ask me. How do you feel, Owen, about this uh, Western Canada road swing uh, coming up? I, the, the first game tomorrow against Vancouver, I, I, I feel pretty confident. Uh, off of the loss to Vancouver, I, I think we'll see a spirited effort from the VG Cam. A little more concerned with uh, Calgary and Edmonton. And, and do you think Leonard gets all three starts, or do we maybe see Thompson in one of those games? Uh, let me check. Do they go back-to-back at all? I think all the no. games are... There, there's okay. a, a day I... in between, yeah. It depends on who wins and who loses. I mean, if if you have a goalie that struggles in a game, I say at this point in the season you have to take him out and, and go with the next one because you cannot afford to lose and you cannot afford to struggle. I think Leonard will get all three starts if he you know wins or has a decent game. Um, but personally, I think if a goalie just shows a glimpse of of struggling, you got to take him out and put Thompson in. Um, and if Thompson struggles, you got to take him out, put Leonard back in it. It's too late in the season. You're in such of a desperation mode to miss, make the playoffs um, that you can't afford to lose. Um, I think, you know, we're more we're mostly focused on the uh, the Alberta games, but this game against the Canucks is going to be huge as well. Yeah. Um, given the fact that they're only four points behind the Golden Knights in the standings, so and they're not out of it as well. Even the Jets last night who are the only team that is playing tonight with the Canadians, which is a weird scheduling thing. Um, they're still in it as well. So not only are the Golden Knights chasing, they're being chased as well. They need to end the Canucks season uh, tomorrow night, essentially, uh, and put that to rest and then go into Alberta and get as many points as possible as well. They're not playing the teams that they're 
that they're battling for. They're not playing L.A., they're not playing Dallas, they're not playing uh, Nashville just yet. They played Dallas one more time. But these are obviously hugely important games for the Golden Knights. How long would they ride Robin Leonard? But they have one back-to-back left, uh, and that's at the that that's at the end of the month against uh, Dallas and Chicago. And I'm, I'm assuming Leonard would get the first game there, and then you know they would give Thompson the second game against Chicago, maybe. But I mean, is it is there a scenario where Leonard plays? And again, if he plays well, we'll put that. You know, caveat on it. If he plays well, does Leonard get like ninety percent of the games going forward? Are they that confident think, in him? I think so. I think they have to be. Um, I think they really this season we have not seen what Leonard is truly capable of because just as it seems as if he's you know getting on a roll, he either struggles or he gets hurt. Um, and you know, it's a really tough thing for a goalie to go through uh, in year one of being like. The, you know the true bona fide starter, um, so I think they're gonna. I think the board's gonna play him as much as he possibly can. Similar to early in the season, where he kind of came back, or where he came back from off season, uh, his off season injury, and he just went with Leonard for ninety percent, ninety five percent of the the first couple of games, and then went to Bressois. Um, I don't know what's going on. Speaking of Bressois, I have no idea what's going on with him. He's day to day apparently undisclosed injury about as vague as it can get there, but I think Thompson is, is on the spot as a backup. Uh, right. And I think, again, I, I think it's just, it's you ride the hot goalie because you cannot afford to lose these games. Yeah, you don't see a scenario where Brassois comes back and regains control of number two, do you? Not this late in the season, and maybe next season as well. I mean, he signed um, past the season, Um but you know, cap space—that's that's off-season stuff. We'll get to um, training camp is when that'll probably be decided. Or I could see the Golden Knights moving on from Brassois this season, where it's kind of unfortunate for him as well because injuries have kind of you know doomed his season. Uh, not doomed his his season, but it's kind of you know made it challenging for him to be a, a stable backup goaltender. Yeah, ironic that the game against the Jets, Steve, was probably the game that he was, yeah. you know, he, he hadn't seen the ice since, I don't think. But is it is it a positive, though? You know, the, the Knights having majority of road games, uh, I think six of the last uh, nine are on the road. Is that a positive where you, you just kind of, you know, stay in your system? You don't try to do too, too much for the home crowd. I, I would think in many ways that's a positive moving forward. Yeah, there was a, there was a span – December, January, if I remember correctly, where they were, where they were winning a lot of road games, um, and I got to go on this again. But the last road trip that they were on, last lengthy road trip they were on, they went 0 and 5 against all the East Coast teams and then the Jets. Um, so they obviously can't have that happen again. Um, yeah, the the, the, the typical uh, on the road type, you know, dynamic with team bonding, playing simple, not letting the away crowd get to you. Those kind of things will definitely be huge. Um, and yeah, this is the roster the Golden Knights essentially have for the remainder of the season, unless Mark Stone or Will Carrier comes back. So they got to look around in the locker room and say, "Hey, is this a good enough team to get us into the Stanley Cup playoffs?" Um, I think it is, and go from there. Oh, and have you been at practice? Have you have you seen uh, Stone working out? What, if so, what's he look like? Not recently, no. Okay, I've not. Okay, I, I, I just I, I heard he practiced with the team on Saturday. 
And uh, yeah. I, I, I saw a couple of things on the internet. He could be back within a week. So I'll, I'll cross my fingers and, and hope he's back w- within a week. Yeah, the number is 4.5 is what they're saying for salary cap and all that stuff. But, yeah, the, the, the Donoff trade, while it's working out with, you know, the Donoff being great uh, ever since the voided trade. But, you know, they Mark Stone might have to sit on LTIR until the playoffs, and I think that's what it's going to be if yep. they do make the playoffs. Yeah, I do too. I mean, do, do you see a scenario in the offseason? I mean, uh, the amount of money that the Donoff is making, I mean, he's still probably, regardless of where he ends up, the, the uh, he's still the guy that's probably going to get moved to give them some relief, wouldn't you think? I disagree. I think, I think with what happened and with what, you know, um, he has done since then. I think they're going to keep him. Um, that's the perfect misfit story, is it not? Um, just you know, being traded, but also not being traded, uh, coming back. It's not you know. There's no awkwardness in, in terms of playing on the ice and with his teammates. Kind of the upper management that it's kind of weird with. I think Dodonov stays at, I, at five million and, and no guarantees getting the twenty goals. That that's what they would do. I don't think that I don't know what that's what they would do, but I personally think that they should keep him. Um, and he's been, yeah, he's been a great player for them so far. He's been mostly healthy, which has you know made him be in the lineup. We haven't, we still have never not seen what this team is going to look like fully healthy. Right. Um, so you know, right now the Donov is a first line player, fully healthy. He might be a bottom six guy. Um, so maybe then he gets traded, but. Just looking right now, and this is off-season speculation, but Riley Smith, to me, I, I don't know if they're going to have enough money to sign him again. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, it was either either or for me, and that was going to be my next question. If you didn't go Dodonov, where would you go to, to free up some space? So it would be Riley Smith for you? Yeah, I, or unless you want to you know, micromanage and trade a bunch of guys like Carrier and right, Patrick right, and right. Wah. Um, which which really ruins your depth. And then we've seen with the Henderson guys this year, they have not been that impactful. They've kind of just been placeholders, which is fine. They're not, you know, the highest prospects in the land. Um, but if you get, if you get rid of a guy like even a Yanmark, who's a who's a UFA, he's not going to be able to come back um, likely just due to cap reasons. The depth is is going to be tested next season for the Golden Knights. So can you afford to lose to the Donov or Riley Smith? I don't know. We're talking to Owen Kreps. Uh, we appreciate you being on. It was a great conversation. Uh, tell everybody where they can find your work. VegasHockeyNow.com. All right. And I'm at 85 on Twitter. Okay, awesome. Owen, thank you so much and all the best for the rest of the season. Yep, thank you. All right, there he goes, Owen Kreps. We'll take a short break and uh, – the former Vegas Golden Knight broadcaster, current Seattle Kraken broadcaster, Nick Gizmani, will be on with us. Stop and 
STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino or Wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Dakota. Experience the thrill of the grill. John Smith Subs is home of the famous Steak Bomb and other premium deli subs with grilled-to-order marinated sirloin steak, grilled chicken, farm-fresh veggies, and delicious bread baked daily. Our subs are making a name for themselves with quality and flavor. Add an order of piping hot french fries and you have a meal you can't get anyplace else. Experience the thrill of the grill at John Smith Subs. Visit johnsmithsubs.com to find a location near you. Hey, Golden Knights fans, I'm attorney Adam Kuttner. I'm proud to be an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. We're giving you the chance to play at home along with the Golden Knights to win home game tickets through our power play giveaway. Each time the Golden Knights are on a power play, we'll pick one of my Twitter followers who tags me on Twitter with the hashtag Adam Kuttner power play. And when the Golden Knights score, that lucky fan wins tickets to the Fortress. So make sure to follow me on Twitter. Go Knights, go! Calling all Vegas Golden Knights super fans for the Terribles game day giveaway. During all of Vegas Golden Knights home games, visit any participating Terribles location, make a qualifying purchase, get a scratch card, enter on the Terribles app, and you could win a $1,000 Golden Knights shopping spree. Best yet, one lucky customer will win this prize every day the Vegas Golden Knights have a home game. Terribles game day giveaway. It's only at Terribles. Visit Terribles.com for more details. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HD TVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any station casino or wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. All right, welcome back to Vegas Hockey Hotline. Sponsored by Station Casinos and the STN app. I'm Dana Lane. That's Stevie Slapshot, ELO, ELO. E-L-O. I can't say those letters. Yeah. That, right? It's not E-L-O. Oh, it's not? No. This is more cowbell. Remember the more cowbell skit on Saturday oh, Night Live? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. 
I do. Yeah. But you got to tell me who it you is. You want to give it? All right. It's, it's Don't Fear the Reaper. Right, right. Yeah. Um, Blue Oyster Cult. Jeez, yes. And if you don't know this, Blue Oyster Cult has uh, had a new album, I don't know, about a year ago out. I didn't know that. Oh, Stevie, it's terrific. Well, i got to check that out. Okay. It's really good. So if you're old school Blue Oyster Cult fan, uh, new album is fantastic. All right. So I'm going to go find it. I do remember this. We get to our next twenty five minutes. <laughs> I, I do remember this. Like when you're young, you remember how you were in grade school and you write down all the bands on your on your notebook or something. You know, basically who you identified. That was our version of being identified at that time. Like what band that we we liked. I did not do that. And I remember writing Blue Oyster Cult. Okay, not hearing one song. So we used to tear up the old paper bags from the from the supermarket and put them on the books. And, and make those the book covers. Yeah. And then instead of writing uh, my favorite band or my favorite baseball player or whatever, I actually wrote like science or math, so I knew what book it was. Oh, see, yeah, it didn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> All and right, now let's... you know the rest of the story. <laughs> let's welcome in our old friend uh, Nick Ismani. And, and Nick, I, I know you did everything possible. Uh, to stay as a broadcaster for the Golden Knights, but it seems like you you took that positive attitude and your work ethic. You landed a job with the Kraken. Can you fill in that timeline between the the Golden Knights and the Kraken? Yeah, obviously loved my time there in uh, in Vegas. That that community and that fan base is uh, you know some of the best that I've ever been a part of. And you know I still interact and still talk to folks there, and still have a great relationship with the fans and, and a lot of the. A lot of y'all in the media, but uh, yeah, no. After I left, um, uh, after I left Vegas, I spent uh, two, uh, two, three seasons in uh, Chicago with the Blackhawks with my good friend Eddie Olchek and Pat Foley. And uh, when this opportunity came about uh, over the summer, um, John Forsman gave me a call. He's he's been one of my close friends for oh boy, a long, long time. And, and Ricky Olchek was the assistant GM here, and uh, it was just uh, it was hard to say no to. Uh, two of my closest friends uh, when they, they asked me to have an opportunity to be with an expansion team and an organization and, and ownership and management that's as first class as, as they are here in Seattle. Now, how far after you left the Golden Knights, how far uh, were you, I mean, how long were you unemployed basically? And, and then you went to Chicago after that. I mean, what was it 12 hours before you got a phone call? Yeah, certainly uh, not coming back to Vegas was uh, unexpected. Uh, I think that uh, myself and Allie Lozoff and Brad May were all kind of caught off guard by that. You know, I thought uh, we, had, we had a really great time there, and uh, the fan base was obviously fantastic, and we certainly loved what we were doing. So, yeah, no, I found out uh, I found out the situation. Um, oh, gosh, it was late in uh, – it was, it was early – excuse me, it was early in September. I think I found out on – on a Thursday, um, that we wouldn't be back on the broadcast, and I had uh, been on the phone with Chicago less than less than ten hours later, and I was in uh, I was in in Chicago on a plane to Chicago about a, a day after that. So it transpired pretty quickly. You know, I give full credit to to uh, to Eddie Olchek, uh, yeah. who's a good close friend of mine, for jumping on right away and uh, saying, "Well, if you're not there, then we want you here." So it was uh, it was a lot of fun, and um, you know, obviously Eddie's. Eddie's the best in the business, and Pat Foley's right up there too. And then to come here to Seattle to be with John Forsland is—I uh, keep pinching myself. 
So you went the whole summer. They didn't. They, I mean, you just assumed that you were going to be the broadcaster for the nights the whole summer until right up until the end. I didn't thank thankfully for that relationship, Nick, because it didn't give you a lot of time to you know hook on with somewhere else if you didn't have that relationship with Olchek. Yeah, I definitely learned in this business that uh, assuming anything is probably not the play. <laughs> and, uh, I was definitely poking around all summer. I mean, I, my, my hope was that I was going to be back in Vegas, certainly. Um, and, you know, but uh, things happen in this business. And we all do have to remember at the end of the day, it is a business. And uh, when that happens, it happens. And that's okay. Um, but, yeah, no, I was... Uh, that's, that's the one cool thing about the hockey world. It is a family. It's a big family. And if you're in that family, you normally somebody's out there to take care of you. And, uh, you know, that was certainly the case with, uh, with, with Chicago and Edzo. You said yesterday that you were a big fan of uh, Scotty Scheffler after his Masters win. Uh, what was it that <laughs> grabbed your attention most over the last few weeks about him? He's humble. He's humble. Uh, you know, he, he's doing it just because he's good at it. He's not doing it for the money. He's not doing it for the fame. He's not doing it for anything other than that. He's a guy that holds on to his faith, and he's a guy that is human. He's he, you know, I, I was just talking to Coach Axtell here uh, at, the, <laughs> at the Seattle Kraken practice facility. The boys just got off the ice. <laughs> and he's like, was that not the most relatable thing in the world, to watch <laughs> Shuffler four-putt on the 18th green and still win the Masters? I'm like, that's me all day long every time I'm on the course. <laughs> so um, I just think that that's a humble guy, and he, he's not he's not too far, far in front of himself. He's not too far behind himself. He's right where he needs to be. And, and that steady stableness is what I love in an athlete and what I love in a person. Um, it's not about him. It's not about anything other than just doing what he does. And I think he said it great yesterday. He goes, I'm not defined by a golf score. I'm defined by who I am. And I think, I think a lot of people in this world need to kind of take a look at that and remember that. Hey, back to hockey, uh, Gizmo. I, I, you went from one old check to another. Uh, t- tell me about Ricky and, 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 and working with Ron Francis. How much have you talked to those guys? What, what are they like off ice? Oh, they're great. I mean, Ron Francis, what an incredible hockey person he is. And Ricky's a genius, too, right? So those two are perfect yin and yang. You know, Ricky and, and Ron and, and obviously those families, they're hockey families. I mean, the old checks are one of the first families of hockey, if you're asking me. Um, you know, so they're great. They're smart. They're intelligent. They've got a plan here. And, and I think what they did at the trade deadline was super masterful. You know, they accumulated all those picks yes. because the trade market really wasn't great at this trade deadline. It really wasn't. You weren't going to get a lot of good guys. And there weren't going to be a ton of hockey player trades. Um, so the fact that they were able to work this the way they worked it and, and, and accumulate these picks, he's going to take those second and third rounders and he's going to use them on the, on the draft floor here this summer. And he's going to flip those for some pretty good hockey players, uh, and put the thumb on some GMs who, who are in a little bit of trouble, uh, in, in terms of just what they can and can't do, um, uh, with, with contracts, et cetera, et cetera. So, Look for look for this summer to be sort of the big move for Ron and Ricky at the draft when they really use those draft picks to their advantage. Yeah, I agree with that, Nick. And that's one of the things I, I noticed last night. I mean, I don't think people understand. There's 30 – give me an idea over the next three years. They have 31 selections over the next 21 rounds. That would be three years, yeah. including yeah. five in the first two this season. You choose wisely – and this team could be as impactful. You know, we talk about the first year of the, the Golden Knights and how how successful they have done it. But 
boy, you could build this team pretty quick uh, if you choose wisely over the next two or three years. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I, I think they're going to reverse Golden Knights this situation. They didn't do it out of the gate, but what he's going to be able to do over the next couple of years is perfect. And, 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 a, and a big part of that is because, listen, the draft classes over the next three years are deep. Like, there's going to be some really great players available in the third round over the next three years. There's going to be some steals in there. There's going to be some steals in there, and I think that's the most exciting thing. Uh, the Kraken just signed former Michigan Wolverine uh, Matthew Bernier. Uh, he had a storied college career, obviously. I, I started out, didn't he start out at Harvard and then uh, they didn't have a program because of COVID and then he transferred to Michigan. I, I think that's a story, but uh, where do you expect his impact to be uh, in Seattle? I know everybody I've talked to is pretty excited about his, uh, his, his coming to that organization. Yeah, listen, uh, he's going to fit in well here. He knows Ryan Donato well. He, he's one of those far East Coast kids. Um, so, uh, you know, you're going to see him slot in on this, you know, uh, probably as early as tomorrow on that second line with Eberly and Donato. And I, I think, you know, obviously on TV here, I've tempered expectations. Like, let the kid get comfortable. Let him get – let him understand. Anytime you make that jump from college to the NHL or even the AHL to the NHL, it's a speed change. It's a physicality change. It's a lifestyle change. It's a – how you're treated change. So there's going to be some definite things he's going to have to adjust to here. He's got to get comfortable with the guys. He skated today. He's out there having fun, smiling, laughing. One was, was one of the last guys on the ice, too, and they're getting ready to jump on a plane to Calgary here in a couple hours. So um, he's obviously doing all the right things. Fans are here, obviously. You know, he was doing all the right stuff with them, tossing some pucks. So I think it's good that they're going on a road trip. Nothing better than a plane ride and some hotel and some team dinners to, to kind of endear yourself with the boys in the room and and i think we'll see that over the next couple of weeks but i think for for me the litmus test is it's going to be just getting him out there just seeing how comfortable he is and letting him figure out what it is to be an nhl player he's got to understand the pace the physicality and then this summer he's going to have to go and we're going to work on that he's gonna be like okay i gotta put 10 pounds on okay i gotta get my foot speed up okay my release has got to be quicker and if he can figure that stuff out which i think he can because he's a smart kid um next year is really going to be exciting for the kraken Gizmo, uh, you mentioned Ryan Donato. Give me the Gizmology on Ryan Donato in Seattle. Uh, Gizmo, I, I, as, a, as a Boston fan, man, when, when, when they got him, I thought, man, this, this, this is going to be something. It didn't work out for him in Boston. Uh, the Bruins made the, the move to bring in Coyle for the playoffs, which worked out well for them. Didn't go so well for Donato in Minnesota. Now he's in Seattle. How's it going in Seattle for him? got me smiling right now with that gizmology reference. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we argued about uh, He asked me if I, he should say that, and you know, I didn't know he was going to call you gizmo 15 times, but he only did that to set that up, so I'm glad, glad you it. remembered. Oh, man, I love it. I love it, and gizmo's great. Are you kidding me? That's the talkiest nicknames. I'm all about I'm here for it. I, I love all of it. That's, um, yeah, I can put a big smile on my face. It takes me back to the early days with uh, Okay, Turk. Brian was there. Row, was, row the uh, boat, baby. Row the boat. Uh, so good, so good, so good. Uh, Donato, listen, this is a good guy. This is a, this is a guy that is true. You know, we talked about him on the broadcast the other day. This is a guy that sees an opportunity. You know, he wasn't getting in the lineup consistently, and every time he got in, he was just happy as hell to be there. And and he he put the helmet on and he worked and he strapped in and he did his job and he's endeared himself to the lineup and he's proven that he's a mainstay. Uh, but he comes from that hardworking background. I mean, obviously, we know his dad's a coach, and et cetera, et cetera, and, and, and he knows how to be a hockey player. And, and, and I think, for me, 
the, the identity of this team, the culture of this team, the foundation, the move forward on this team is that they are going to be a hard hat, blue collar, work your butt off to the very end, no matter whether you're in a game or out of a game. And, and Donato sort of embodies that. So he's a great fit here. He's a great fit here. And, and his relationship with Beniers is going to be awesome. He's going to be on a second line tomorrow with Everly, who's a consummate pro. Big offensive push right now for this group. So I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a fun one. Look, it hasn't gone like you guys wanted it to up there. But uh, and, and um, Dana talked about the draft picks. But I, I think you've got some guys to build around too. I've, I've always liked Donskoy. His career has been a little up and down, but I, but there's talent there. Everett Lee, the, this geeky that came in from uh, Carolina, and and Yanni Gord. I, I think there's guys to build around there, right? Oh, no doubt about it. There's definitely a group to build around here. Uh, I, I think that I, I think that the future is bright. You're starting to see what the core is going to be. The core will establish the culture. The culture will breed success. So how and talk about that a little bit. I mean, you don't really have any uh, issues as far as uh, pending UFAs that are going to you know be issues moving forward. But I mean, are there some guys that are on their way out that them? You know, you probably would like to keep around, but I mean, what about you know, what about a guy like Victor Rask? You know, he's making two million bucks. I mean, is he a guy that's going to be there a long term? And and Rodley Sheehan is probably not going to be there. I mean, outside of that, I mean, there's a lot of stability in the organization. Well, it's a good question, and I think they're still trying to establish that, and I think that's what these last couple of weeks are about. I, I think these last couple of weeks are about who wants to be here, who can prove that they want to be here, and those are the players that will remain and be that core established moving forward. Obviously, there's some guys locked in, McCann, Gord, Schwartz, uh, Aberly, et cetera, um, but I think the... Wenberg. I think I think over the next couple of uh, I think over the next couple of weeks here, these final stretch of games, obviously with not making the playoffs, it's going to be about who wants to be here, who proves they want to be here, who works hard enough to be here, and then that will sort of determine who is here over the summer. How much you know that opening game against Vegas, and you always have the comparisons between the two. I mean, I, I still think they're comparing the Ducks and the Sharks all this time, but I mean, how much did you know, Seattle really wanted to say, hey, we, we want that storybook as well. Or was this more of a long-term no, investment for no. them? Yeah, no, long-term. Listen, you were no, no one was ever going to repeat what Vegas did because of the emotional situation. But more on top of that, it was, listen, what, what, what George McPhee and Kelly McCrimmon were able to pull off in that expansion draft wasn't going to happen again because everybody got wise to it. The GMs and, and, and whatnot were like, yeah, we're not going to let that happen again. So there was just no possible way those trades, those, those contracts, they weren't, they were not physically available. No chance for, for Ron uh, Francis and Ricky Olchek. So it wasn't going to happen again. So they had to get creative in how they did it. And that's why I'm, I'm saying that at the, on the draft floor with all these draft picks that were accumulated trade deadline, you're going to see Ron and Ricky really pull off what what quote unquote Vegas pulled off in that in that first year. Yeah, I didn't necessarily mean the storybook ending being the Stanley Cup, but as far as being better than expectations, I guess. And I don't know if you met that or not. I mean, you would have to answer that. But how the ultimate question, I guess, was you know from day one, how much of a rivalry was there in the players' minds None. versus Vegas. They so they didn't think about Vegas None. at all. 
None. Vegas is not even on the radar of a rivalry with Seattle. Not in the least. Not even, not even a smidge of it. The if there is a rivalry, it's between Seattle and Vancouver, and that's not even really established yet. But that's just purely ge- geographical. But there is zero rivalry, I would say, in anybody's minds between the Seattle Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights. Okay, so they're because they're the two newest expansion teams. You're saying that nobody even thinks about Vegas at all. They're just worried about Vancouver. Well, I mean, and I wouldn't even say they're necessarily worried about Vancouver. I think that this team is too new to even have anything established like that rivalry-wise. I don't, I don't think it exists this year. It'll develop over time, but it's certainly not with Vegas. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe I'm not even saying it right, and, and I apologize, Nick. I, I just, you know, like I, when you come into the league – you're like, I mean, where's our measuring stick? Maybe maybe their measuring stick was right there in Seattle. Maybe it was at Climate Pledge Arena, and maybe that was their measuring stick. But I would have thought the first measuring stick that they would you know, put in front of them would be Vegas. But I, I guess that's not the, not the case. And I guess you're right, Nick, because for Vegas – as far as a rivalry, and it doesn't mean it has to be, you know, from a competitive standpoint, maybe just a front office standpoint. I, I think Vegas is still trying to find that rivalry, even though it probably, you know, dipped its toe a little bit with San, San Jose a couple years ago. Yeah, I think there's some things in there. I think maybe San Jose, potentially L.A. I felt like that was sort of a brooding rivalry and, and, and whatnot when I was there those first couple seasons. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it takes a minute. It takes a minute. I mean, and rivalries come and go, right? I mean, there was that great rivalry between the Red Wings and the Avalanche that was so hot and heavy for so many years. And it's, it's not really there anymore. I mean, if you're from Detroit, you hate the Avalanche. And if you're from Colorado, you certainly hate the Red Wings. But it's not, uh, it's not the on-ice rivalry isn't what – isn't what it was in the in the late 90s early 2000s yeah yeah i can see that i I can tell you as a bruins fan even though that rivalry hasn't been that way for a long time with montreal and obviously it's you know two separate worlds but even though that's been down there's something i don't know about their demeanor i I don't know that that just drives me insane but hey nick i i know you took some time out of your day to to visit us and we appreciate it good luck you yeah especially we're, we're all rooting for you to beat the the calgary flames and have some success down the road and and next year boy i'll tell you that i i can foresee in the upcoming years that seattle is going to be a real problem well i'm certainly uh, i'm certainly looking forward to it and uh, i really appreciate you guys having me on i, I loved always coming on back with uh, Back with y'all when when I was there, and obviously yeah. rest in peace, but with with Brian and everyone, and it was uh, always a lot of fun. Hey, listen, I'm going to be in Vegas a bunch this summer. I'm going to be doing um, three ice for uh, CBS Sports, and we're nice. uh, we're playing there a couple of times at the Orleans Arena. So uh, we'll get the band back together, and I'll come and say hello. Uh, you let me know, and you can come in the studio, and we will we will talk for two hours. As horrible as like as horrible as that probably sounds to you. I could talk hockey all day long if you want me to. <laughs> well, we appreciate it, Nick, and, and all the best moving forward. And, hey, this guy is – I give him a lot of credit because there's a, a lot of a lot of guys that came in here. They were, you know, looking for jobs or got jobs that, you know, I mean, the next day they were no longer uh, – the jobs weren't available. And, yeah. and instead of being – upset and you know i mean it's natural i mean to be upset over something you wanted so much you just picked it up and and you know all the times that i've talked to nick he never mentioned eddie all checked me so i mean it's that's great that you have it's just another 
reason why you can't burn bridges. It's another reason why you can't, no matter how upset you are about a current situation. And believe me when I tell you, he wanted to stay here. Yeah. And believe me when I tell you, he was caught off guard because he did everything right. That's a fact. Yeah. No, that's all true. He, he had work ethic. And believe me, I get one side of the story. But I also know that. <laughs> but I also know the track record as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. No. So. No, I, I, he he didn't mention Eddie to me either. But Nick's one of those guys. He's got friends everywhere. He he he, he because as you say, he doesn't burn bridges. Yeah. So it's, so it's not surprising that you know he's able to find you know the next job and then uh, and then for whatever reason whatever happened in Chicago then he finds the next job. Well, the thing about him too is um, he's always positive. Yeah. Always positive, yeah. no matter what. Yeah. And you know everybody was kind of in the beginning. Everybody wanted a piece. I mean, we, we, when we talked to Corey Hirsch, it was the same thing. I mean, Corey wanted to be part of the broadcasting team, and then he got, uh, you know, the job eventually in Vancouver. I mean, I, I like to see – and, of course, I mean, these guys I was close with in the beginning because we're all, you know, we're, we're all salmon trying to swim upstream at that point. I feel like if salmon. I feel like everybody swam past me. Yeah. Hey, uh, over, over at City National, uh, Stone and Pacioretty practicing on the third line together. Today. Well, that clearly for whatever means. may that may mean. Let's see, we'll see how <laughs> they are able to. If they get them in before the postseason, I can't wait to see how they maneuver that. And my question always is: no matter how long I've been doing this, my question has always been about that salary cap of, well. It seems to be an an issue that everybody, at least verbally, fears. I, but but what what is what is the repercussions here? I I understand there's draft picks involved, but when do you need to be compliant? Just during the season, at, at any point during the season. So, so once the season ends. So if if they want to bring him, let's say they want to bring him well, back. Hold on a second. Yeah. If you are you can be non-compliant at any point during the season as you go into the postseason where there's no cap? I think you have to be compliant during the season and then when when you play your last game or maybe when the league ends, so it may not be your last game, but whatever the last game of the season is, then you don't have to be cap compliant. Anymore. You know what LTIR feels like to me? It's when you're playing Monopoly uh-huh. and you're taking your mortgages on their property and you're flipping your card over and they're no longer valid. That's kind of the way LTIR feels to me. It, it doesn't seem to be... I, I, okay, I mean, so these guys are not going to play in the, in the postseason, and I guess they, we should be commending them for everything that they've been able to achieve. Correct. You know, I, I mean, if they get in the postseason, honestly, this is no, you know, I'm not blowing smoke. Yeah. For what they have been able to do to get this team into the postseason, to maneuver around the injuries, somebody's got to win some award. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, I no, I completely agree. Completely agree with you. Okay, that does it for our show today. Thanks for joining us. We want to uh, thank our guest today, of course, Kevin Ioli. Uh, he started it off with us. And then uh, Chuck Esposito from Station Casinos and the STN app. Owen Kreps, VGK writer. Nick Gizmani from the Seattle Kraken. And tomorrow, huge slow Brian, uh, show. Brian Slagle will join us as well. All right, so for Stevie Slapshot, I'm Dana Lane. Thanks for joining us. Well, wait a minute. We fooled him again, Marie. I mean, why, I mean yes, we fooled him again, Marie. You gotta get I had this in. closing, and then all of a sudden it's... Knucklehead. 
Well, I'm feeling the pressure. Broadcasting live from the Brian Blessing Studios. We'll see you tomorrow. Of course.